0: Welcome to Jammin' with Jason Mefford, a show where we discuss topics relevant to chief audit executives and professionals in audit, risk, and compliance. We discuss the technical and soft skills needed to navigate the minefields of organizations. You hear best practices and practical advice for helping you advance your career and we'll even talk about music, mindfulness, and psychology, because we can. So sit back and relax while you listen to the number one podcast in the world for internal auditors, unscripted and unedited. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Jamming with Jason. And uh, in this episode, I wanted to go through and uh, talk a little bit about an article that I recently published called Internal Audit Must Embrace Change or Sink Like a Stone. And so this is making reference back to uh, Bob Dylan's song, uh, The Times They Are A-Changin' and They Are A-Changing in the Internal Audit World. Uh, I spent the last several months uh, interviewing chief audit executives from around the world and uh, came away with uh, some clear trends, challenges, and opportunities that most chief audit executives are working to address. And so in today's episode, I just wanna go through and give you kind of the overview um, of some of the things that I found uh, as part of my research. And uh, that research actually supports kind of what I saw when I was a chief audit executive at two different companies as well. And so, um, you know, again, the times they are a change in, and if we don't heed the call, Uh, then things are going to go right past us. So let's get in and talk a little bit, uh, again, like I said, about kind of the overview uh, of some of the information that i found so far. And then in in some future episodes, we'll actually get deeper uh, into some of these different challenges uh, and opportunities because that's one thing that I want you to remember as well is uh, every challenge can also be seen as an opportunity as well. Um, so the first thing uh, that a lot of people are dealing with is the speed of technology. And uh, just the fact that business models are changing, uh, there's new technology that's coming out, and that's uh, affecting our organizations and the way that we audit. And so what that means is you know, certain things like artificial intelligence and uh, robotic process automation are finding their way both into the internal audit process, but also into our businesses. And so we need to have a much better understanding of technology uh, and of these different things and how they are in fact affecting our organizations. Is here's the reality, right? Is there's companies now that have only been around for about five years that are worth billions of dollars. And uh, some of those companies, because of technology, have really changed the landscape. What that means is for some of the traditional companies that have been around, uh, they have to make change and they have to make change quickly, or they may cease to exist in just a few years. And so when you think about it, you know, certain industries, like with the rise of uh, fin technology uh, in the banking and financial services industry, Uh, Some of these companies have come on very quickly and uh, they are actually, uh, you know, really kind of rocking the industry itself. And uh, some of those uh, companies are going to be the ones who will succeed in the future. And, uh, you know, potentially some of the traditional large international banks that we've seen around for hundreds of years may cease to exist or not exist in the form that they are uh, currently. So that's one of the things, both in understanding our organizations and uh, knowing what the risks really are, um, but also the fact that we don't have as much time to be able to react to some of these risks. So technology has actually uh, increased the pace of business significantly. And uh, so like I said, we have to, you you can't wait for a couple of years to see how some of these things are going to work out. Now, that uh, speed of technology kind of moves into the next one, which is around cybersecurity. And uh, there have been lots of large cybersecurity breaches and hacks um, around the world. And so companies are freaking out about cybersecurity, and, uh, which is okay. They should be. It's, it probably doesn't represent the largest risk to an organization. Um, but it's definitely something that you need to be aware of and that you need to be doing things around. So where do some of the challenges come in here? Um, Often the board and senior management are just trying to pitch that back uh, to internal audit and say, I want you to make sure that everything's okay with cyber. Well, here's the problem with that. Cyber is such a huge uh, topic and there's so many different ways to go on that. And with little direction coming from the board and senior management, it's hard to know which areas to focus in on and how to actually scope projects. But like I said, we know this is a big deal. Um, We know that everybody's kind of freaking out about it, Uh, and so it's a challenge that we have to figure out how we're gonna deal with that. Now, another challenge that has, has come up is the downgrading of the chief audit position and actually where internal audit reports in the organization. Uh, so there's, there's a trend now where a lot of organizations are actually downgrading the chief audit executive position. You know, maybe in the past it was a vice president job. Now it's seen as being a director level job, or maybe it goes from director down to manager. And so they're, they're kind of pushing down uh, within the organization where internal audit reports uh, and also the, the position itself. Now that can obviously raise some challenges because uh, it makes it more difficult uh, sometimes to audit certain areas uh, depending on where you may be in the organization. And um, you know, regardless of where, where we say that we, what our, what our title is or if we call ourselves as an example chief audit executive, uh, others in the organization are actually sizing you up. And so let me, let me give you a story from my past. Um, one of the companies, when I first started, um, I was going around and doing all of the different interviews with other executives, you know, kind of the meet and greet sort of thing that you do for the first month or two uh, that you're in a new position. And I remember going into a senior vice president's office to meet with him. Uh, and his first question out of his mouth was, who do you report to? And so that kind of took me back a little bit. It's like well, blah, blah 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 blah. Right? Well, I I report to the audit committee, uh, and he said, well, yeah, yeah, I get that, but who do you, which executive do you report to? And so I told him, and I saw him kind of lean back in his chair and put his hands behind his head and said, oh, that's interesting. And so I could tell right away that just based on where I was reporting in the organization he was trying to determine how important I was, and obviously in that discussion, he decided I wasn't very important, um, because sure enough, he was the one executive in the organization uh, that I had the most uh, trouble with, (laughs) actually, uh, at at that particular company. So again, that's a challenge that's out there um, that that a lot of people are are seeing. Um, There's also uh, a need for more specialization. And uh, this is coming both from a technical as well as a business side. You know, um, historically, a lot of people brought into internal audit have either come from public accounting uh, or have a finance background. And there's more of a need now for people to have more specialization. That could be specialization in uh, the the different business or the types of businesses that your company is in, um, but also from a technical side. And so what that means is kind of the idea of just having a general auditor who kind of knows a little bit about everything uh, is starting to fade away. And so the reality is auditors are going to become more technical. Uh, They're going to have deeper knowledge in certain areas. And uh, what that means also probably is that the the way that we're actually uh, staffing the departments will change. Uh, You'll have more experienced, uh, higher level people within the organization. Now another challenge is around serving two masters. And uh, this kind of comes back to the idea of internal audit reporting to the audit committee, um, but also reporting to an executive. And this has always been a challenge. Uh, you know, it's an, it's an important thing for internal audit to be independent uh, so that they can report back to the board on what's actually going on. Um, but the reality is most people, even when you report to the board, there's some executive who controls your compensation and your annual review. Now, in theory, those should be done by the audit committee, uh, but in very few organizations is that actually done. And so you have an executive who can effectively kind of place leverage over internal audit on what they like or don't like, uh, and, and can end up impacting the chief audit executive's compensation Uh, their budget, their performance review, all of those kind of things. And so sometimes, again, that means that you're gonna have to kind of walk a fine line because you have to keep both the board as well as senior management happy. Uh, And that, uh, like I said, continues to be uh, an issue for a lot of chief audit executives. Now the next two relate to talent, um, both talent acquisition and talent development. And so on the acquisition side, let's just talk about that. Um, the job market is pretty tight. And so as a result, there are a lot of open positions in internal audit, and, uh, and they're having difficulty actually in filling a lot of those uh, roles. Uh, either they can't find people with the right uh, technical skills. Uh, so for example, one of the chief audit executives I read, I, I, I talked to, uh, he actually uh, mentioned how he was even having uh, fry, cur- fry cooks from McDonald's uh, putting in applications for internal audit positions. Now, you know, again, that's, that's how tight the job market is, uh, that people with no skills at all are coming in or trying to come in. Um, but the reality is because it's a tight market, you're going to have to be a little bit more um, creative in finding people uh, to work uh, for you. And what that might mean is bringing people in with some different experience and then actually training them uh, how to audit. Now, as far as um, from a talent development standpoint, um, you know, again, the technical and soft skills are a uh, challenge. Um, a lot of the auditors are not as technically savvy as they need to be, uh, and many of them need to work on their soft skills as well. And those soft skills can vary, um, but but a lot of them relate to things like uh, communication, uh, being you know emotionally intelligent, and understanding how to influence people uh, as well in the organization. Now, especially the more uh, that we have technology taking the place and doing some of the work uh, that historically humans have done, uh, these soft skills are going to become an even more important uh, part of the job, which means, you know, again, if you're an internal auditor and you need to work on your people skills, uh, you need to work on your people skills or you might not have a job. Uh, just being technically competent is not going to uh, get you very far in your career. Uh, A couple other ones here on the challenges just to talk about. Um, One is around this idea of constant justification. And so um, it seems like, you know, again, that the chief audit executives are having to constantly justify uh, their budget, constantly justifying the value that they're providing to the organizations. So it doesn't matter if last year you saved the company $5 million. Uh, this year they're asking, what'd you do for me now? And um, so as a result of that, there's always this pressure uh, to really find and show more value to be able to justify what you're doing. Now this, I think, kind of ties back into one of the other topics uh, that, we, that we discussed earlier, uh, which related to the downgrading of the, the, the CAE position. And so, you know, again, if if a chief audit executive is not able to uh, prove or show the value significantly, uh, then a lot of times the other managers in the organization may think, you know, what do we need internal audit for anyway? They're not really providing us any value. And so they start then kind of downgrading that position. Um, Last one on here kind of relates to Sarbanes-Oxley. And, uh, you know, when Sarbanes-Oxley first came out, uh, you know, 2001, 2002, it was really, you know, at, at that point, organizations were trying to figure out how can we comply with this thing? And they were just throwing bodies at it. And so a lot of time internal audit ended up being the one who stepped in uh, to do that work. And, and, and again, Sarbanes Oxley is a, a US based law uh, that relates to internal controls around financial reporting. And so internal audit departments were spending a lot of time doing that, uh, and, and uh, then over time, a lot of companies ended up kind of creating their own group internally that would report it through finance uh, that, that took most of that quarterly and yearly work uh, away from internal audit and allowed them to then get back to doing regular internal audit work. The problem has been is that now uh, that the PCAOB has changed uh, some of the requirements in the public accounting firms are pushing back uh, on the organizations. And so they're, they're required now to do more work, which means in order to try to keep audit fees lower from the external auditor, a lot of that work now is being pushed down to internal audit. And so, you know, Internal Audit's getting pulled back into Sarbanes-Oxley, if you will, and uh, asked to do a lot of these uh, detailed testing uh, that's really kind of compliance checkboxing type of stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. But what it does is it actually it takes takes away the time uh, from other higher value uh, projects that Internal Audit could be performing. And so you end up having this, this kind of causal loop and this spiraling down is internal audit now is being asked to do more Sarbanes-Oxley work, which is lower value work, which means the value that internal audit appears to be showing to the organization is less, which means the organization values internal audit less, and you see how we start going down that route. So really with that challenge, we have to, have to raise our head up and actually focus our efforts or try to get as much as we can on those higher value items and get out of some of the checkbox compliance kind of things uh, that are there. Now, um, like I said at the beginning of this, all of these challenges can also lead to opportunities, or we need to think about uh, some of the opportunities that come with this as well. And one of them is, you know, even though we have some of the, the speed of technology issues to deal with, uh, the changes in technology are allowing us to change how we're doing auditing. And so a lot of the really time intensive work um, around things like sampling um, and doing some of the detailed testing uh, can now actually be done by the computer, uh, which is great. It's an opportunity for us if we go in and learn how to use data analytics better, uh, if we figure out how to use artificial intelligence and RPA in our audit processes. Um, And so that's an opportunity again for us to become more efficient Uh, in what we're doing, and free up our time to be able to spend on some of those other areas uh, that are more value added to the organization. Now, there's also an opportunity to partner more with management. And um, so, so what this means is, again, kind of the old tradition of internal audit is, you know, we're completely independent. We don't do anything other than come in and audit. So we come in, we audit, we find problems, we say you need to fix these and then we move on to the next one. And so there really hasn't been a lot of partnering going on and I think that's one area that management is really uh, wanting us to help with. And so instead of coming in afterwards and telling them that things are wrong and they did it wrong and they have to fix it, uh, they would rather have us come in earlier and actually partner with them to make sure that things are the way that they need to be. Now that's actually it's a better way of of doing it as well. Now I know some of you may be going, but oh, hold it! But that's going to take away some of my independence, and I can't audit my own work. I understand that. I get that. But it's better to be a part of the process and a part of the change uh, to make sure that things are actually changing and being built in as it needs to be, uh, than to come in afterwards. And so I I think it's better to be a part of the solution instead of just being a critic afterwards and uh, again in in some of the changes in culture and the way that organizations are being run now uh, that's going to be more and more important for us to do that now another opportunity for is uh, for us as well to better align the work that we're doing with others in the organization so in the last uh, 10 10 years especially and maybe 20 years uh, there's been a lot more um, groups developed within an organization. Now, if you if you ascribe to the three lines of defense model, uh, these would be called those second line defense functions, things like risk management, compliance, some of those kind of areas. And organizations have been building out, hiring people for that to actually take on that role. Now, in some organizations, that was historically what internal audit had done. And so for some people, you know, they feel like maybe their work is being taken away from them, but here's the reality. That's the way that businesses are running now. And so you can stick your head in the sand and be like an ostrich and stamp your foot like a little toddler, uh, or you can actually start working better uh, with these other groups and not duplicate their work, uh, but instead actually sit down with them and try to understand, you know, from an enterprise risk assessment standpoint, Uh, What are the areas that we need to focus on and then try to make sure that you, again, you're a part of the solution and that you're not standing on the sidelines just criticizing what everybody is doing. Uh, So that's going to be important. Plus, we also need to get better at aligning the work that we're doing actually with the top risks in the organization. Uh, so often internal audit, you know, we like to get down into the details, kind of at the process, risk and control levels down at that level. And we need to start raising our head up uh, more to the objective and uh, strategic level risks within the organization. Um, and again, that, that leads into more, more of the integration that we need to have. Uh, because when, if you're just standing on the sideline as a critic, um, people don't like that. And so we need to really, really become a part of the team. Now, along with, uh, you know, we talked before about talent uh, and some of the uh, challenges with acquisition and development, um, but there's also some opportunities here as well, is that we can actually improve the way that we're doing staffing and in uh, thinking about, you know, hiring more specialized people that can provide more value, uh, that are more experienced staff as well. Um, and, and you utilize co-sourcing and outsourcing when it makes sense. So as an example, if if you look at it and if, and if there's certain technical areas that make sense for you and you can utilize somebody throughout the whole year in that area, then you should find someone and hire someone internally. Uh, if it's something that you only, maybe a technical expertise that you only need uh, maybe a couple times a year or on a couple of projects, uh, then that's an opportunity for you to either go to an outsource or co source firm and find uh, that technical expertise or bring in uh, someone from another part of the organization uh, who has some of that technical uh, skills as well, kind of from a guest auditor perspective. Now, one thing that we have to get better at is, is more of a forward-looking mindset. And so, you know, we always kind of try to pride ourselves on, hey, you know, The external financial auditors, they're the ones that are worried about the past and we're worried about the current and the future. But I think, again, a lot of times our projects tend to be current or or historical based in nature. And, um, you know, management and the board are really starting to look to internal audit more and more uh, to try to help identify those risks that are around the corner, those risks over the horizon, you know, whatever is going to Uh, get the company in trouble. Now here's the reality. Again, this is kind of a fine line. The board and management should be doing that. That's technically their job. They need to figure out what's coming and they need to make the changes. But their expectations are internal audit needs to help us because somebody's got to tell us what to do. And so like I said, they're they're coming back to internal audit and asking for more of that uh, insight uh, that they want from us. Now, it's an opportunity for me to talk about uh, two different words insight and foresight. And so, insight is more, you know, again, when you are outside of the particular uh, area that you're talking about, uh, you can provide insight to someone else because you're bringing a different perspective, something that they don't see, and that provides them with some insight, okay? Uh, And that's important, that's actually built into what we do. Uh, There's several documents and and things from the IIA that talk about that we should be providing insight. Um, But now we're almost being asked to provide foresight, which is not just coming in and looking and asking some questions and providing an outside perspective, but they're expecting us to kind of have this foresight, meaning that it's forward-looking insight. And so as a result of that, we're going to have to be better at really understanding some of the contextual changes that are going on in in our business, as well as in the industries uh, and locations where we're actually based, so that we can start to anticipate uh, some of the things that are going on. And so again, this is kind of a risk management uh, type of a um, skill set. But in in trying to understand, because obviously we cannot accurately predict the future, uh, but the better we can get by using things like data analytics, uh, by by thinking about things from a contextual perspective, we can start to get an idea of what we should probably be expecting in the future. And so just a a, a very simple example, right, uh, that I use a lot of times with people when I'm talking or teaching them about risk management in general. If I'm in the construction or uh, banking industry, uh, one of the metrics that they tend to follow is called new building permits. And the reason for that is a new building permit is an indicator of what will happen in the future. So if new building permits go up, you can expect that there will be more building in the future. Now that's kind of giving you some foresight. So if I'm in the construction industry and new building permits go up, I know that building is going to go up so I can prepare for that and and get ready for an increase in construction. So if I'm selling building materials, if I'm a construction company, I know to get ready and to start ramping up for that. If I'm a bank that is providing funding for construction, then again, I know I need to have more money that there's going to be more demand for construction loans in the future if building permits go up. Now on the flip side, if building permits go down, here's where the foresight comes in. What would you expect to happen? If building permits go down, building is probably going to go down in the future as well. And so like I said, the better that we can actually get at at understanding uh, how some of these disparate sometimes pieces of information how they're correlated together, and what we can anticipate uh, to see as a result of that, that's when we can then start providing our business uh, more with the foresight. Now technology again is also uh, an opportunity. So we talked about it before, but there's, like I said, there's opportunities for us to start incorporating uh, different technologies into uh, what what we're doing from an audit process perspective. Uh, to be able to help free up our organization so we can focus more on uh, the strategic level risks in the organization. And then the last one um, from an opportunity perspective is one around advocacy. And uh, this is one that I've been hearing for 20 plus years is um, a lot of times people don't really understand what internal audit does. And so there needs to be more advocacy done with the uh, stakeholders of internal audit. So those stakeholders, those could be the board, it could be other uh, managers in an organization, uh, it could be regulators and the governments and others around uh, that as well, Uh, but of really trying to advocate and showing what internal audit can do, uh, the value that it can provide, and the fact that it shouldn't be stuck in things like compliance checkbox auditing, that other people can do that, but the unique position that internal audit is in Uh, being both independent and objective is that it allows it to do kind of the tough work or the things that may not be, um, you know, politically easy to do. That's the kind of stuff that internal audits should be focused on as a result of that. Now, along with that, you know, there's um, obviously some different things that, uh, from a learning development perspective, uh, you know, if you're an internal audit um, as an auditor, some of the things that you should consider and start trying to develop uh, skill sets and knowledge on your own, Uh, or if you're leading an internal audit team, uh, some of the skill sets that uh, that need to be developed. And so, you know, again, as I asked the question, almost everyone said number one is communication, uh, that uh, auditors need to improve their communication skills. And so communication means both verbally as well as written communication skills. Um, But we need to get better at being able to present the message uh, that we're trying to deliver. You can do a great audit, but if your audit report sucks, it doesn't matter, right? Nobody's going to read it. Nobody's going to understand what you're trying to say. Uh, Or the same thing, if if you're trying to communicate and you cannot communicate effectively uh, with the people that you're working with, again, you're kind of wasting everybody's time. So, communication is a big one. Uh, technology skills are also a, an important one. You know, there's a there's a part in the CIA exam uh, that relates to IT, and I know a lot of times people have struggles with that. Um, as I've taught CIA review courses for many, many years, um, IT tends to be one of those areas that people struggle with. But again, here's the reality, and just being real with you, uh, every auditor needs to have a basic understanding of IT, everybody, Uh, because everything that we do has some IT component. And so if you don't understand some of the basics around IT, you need to start figuring it out. And uh, you know, that means trying to get uh, support from your organization, maybe to send you to formal training classes, uh, you know, reading things, doing stuff on your own, Um, because here's the reality. Okay, is you are the only one that's really responsible for your career, and so I, I know um, organizations have cut back training budgets, but that doesn't mean that oh I don't have training budget I can't get training, that's going to put you behind. If your organization won't pay for it, you need to pay for it if you really want to make this a career, uh, because like I said, the reality is things are starting to to, to change quickly. And if you're not able to retrain yourself uh, on the things that you need to, to, to know, then eventually you're going to be out of a job because somebody else is going to come in and, uh, and, and, and take it away from you effectively because you are not able to keep up uh, with some of these changes. So technology is an important one. And, and like I said, there's some basics about IT that everybody needs to understand. It doesn't mean you have to jump in and know how to code and and, and do all the things like that, uh, but you need to have a basic understanding of hardware and software and some of the basic terms and other things like that that are out there um, so that you can actually have a conversation with people about IT. And what I always like to say was, um, I mean, I, I grew up with computers, so I started playing with them when I was about 10 years old. And so I, I'm, I'm probably a little different than most auditors because I'm kind of a geeky guy that way. Um, and I can do some coding, okay, but not much. But what I can do is when somebody's talking to me about IT, I have the bullshit filter, okay? Because if they start talking, I can tell whether they know what they're talking about or not uh, because I know enough about IT and how it works that I can tell whether they're lying to me uh, or don't understand what they're talking about. Every auditor needs needs to get to that point. You need to understand because again, that's everything that we do has IT associated with it. All right, so enough, about, <laughs> enough on IT. You ready about the other ones? Um, you also need to have better critical thinking skills. Um, you know, again, because as we are uh, you know, just in the normal course of our of our audits, uh, we're analyzing evidence and need to be able to make conclusions. And those conclusions need to be based on critical thinking skills. Now, the reality is out in society, most people don't have critical thinking skills. Most people don't practice common sense. They don't. All you have to do is watch the news and you can see some of the the really bad conclusions people reach. Uh, based on bad information or try to make a conclusion that ends up being what they want it to be instead of what the facts actually show. So you've gotta get get better on that and also on emotional intelligence. Uh, You know, because emotional intelligence is really understanding how we work as humans. Because here, and, and, and here's another thing for us to consider. I know most of us in internal audit are analytical in our nature. Uh, That's just the way that we're programmed. That's why we were drawn to this profession. The people we work with in the organization are not that way. And the truth is humans are emotional beings and you have to understand emotions and how it works and how psychology works. If you want to be able to work better with people, Uh, the last two here is, is kind of the data analytics and cybersecurity. And so again, this goes back to some of the technical skills, uh, but the fact that, you know, again, you need to understand uh, how to analyze data, how to make conclusions from that, uh, and how to use some of the tools to help you in doing that as well. Um, And then like I said, cybersecurity as well. Having some of that basic understanding of IT is going to help, um, but again, there's going to need to be people uh, that are much more uh, technically skilled, in that cyber area, as an example. Now that just kind of gives you a little bit of an overview of of kind of some of the things that I've seen, uh, some of the challenges as well as opportunities. Um, and I want to leave you on a positive note, okay? so I know that there's there's some challenges and things that we need to that we need to take care of. Uh, but there's also a lot of opportunities. You know, internal audit is a great profession. I have had a great profession, and I have learned, more than I ever thought I would about business in general uh, just from being an auditor. It's a great career, uh, but there are some changes, but that's okay, right? Because if, if, if we know, if we know what the challenges are, now we can find solutions to those challenges. And if we find the right solutions, we can actually turn those challenges into opportunities for us. Because again, if you think back risk management, 101. A threat and an opportunity it 's two sides of the same coin, right so for every event that happens it 's a threat to some people, but it can be an opportunity for others and so go out, try to make these challenges turn into opportunities for you uh, and like i said i 'm going to go i 'm going to go into more depth with um, some of these topics in future episodes, but just kind of wanted to give you. Uh, an overview of it as well, so you can start thinking and you can start making uh, changes in your career and in your internal audit team. Now, uh, just just to leave you at the end here, because I'm a big Dylan fan as well, uh, and if you notice kind of from the title, uh, you know, you don't want to sink like a like a stone either, right? So uh, let me leave you with, with some lyrics here as well, you know, you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone. Um, if we're not constantly moving forward, if we're not constantly learning, if we're not constantly trying to improve ourselves, we're going to sink like a stone anyway. Uh, and so, again, the way not to sink is to swim. So start swimming, right? And come writers and critics who prophesize with your pen. Well, that's me. That's one of that's one of the people out here. I'm trying to prophesize about what I'm seeing and actually put down in pen or out in the internet so that people can know this, uh, because change is coming, and uh, we just need to be prepared for it. But please heed the call. Don't stand in the doorway. Don't block up the hall. For he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled. There's a battle outside, and it's raging. And so again, that goes back to, you know, don't just sit there like a stone and drop to the ground, um, but actually get out there, get get out of the way and actually make the change because, you know, one of my favorite lines from this this song, please get out of the new one if you can't lend your hand. And so that's what I want. I want all of us to kind of hold hands and go out there and as a profession actually take advantage of these opportunities. because I don't want to see internal audit sink like a stone. I want us to swim. I want us to get out there and really show the value uh, that we can and uh, provide that to our organization. So, but it all starts with you. All right. And that is a wrap for today. Uh, look forward to having you on a future episode. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll catch you later on the next show. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, head on over to Risk Academy at ondemand.criskacademy.com. And that's C as in the letter C, riskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you also will have access to the video version of today's show. The views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.